with Jesse Simonton, Austin Price, Brent Hubbs. A little instant reaction. Tennessee beats Mississippi State today 20-10. to 10, And a surprising, not necessarily a surprising win, but a surprising fashion in how Tennessee won. What's the greater surprise here? That they, they hold Hill to 13 yards rushing, Jesse. They've got seven or eight sacks in this game. Or that Jerry Garantano in the second half is six of seven for 106 yards and a touchdown pass. Uh, yeah, this is like pick your. This is you know, this is one of those hat deals like you see at the baseball game. I'm, I'm not sure there's a, there is a right answer. Uh, that, that's the parlay that wins millions, boss. I mean, it's got for me. It's got to be Keelan Hill being yeah, able to me sti- too. being able to sti- stymie him the way they did. Uh, I'm not surprised based on kind of Mississippi State's. Uh, pass protection issues all season. Also the fact that they kind of, you know, they run a lot of those deep play action routes. So it kind of sets sets themselves up to get to, to kind of accumulate some sacks. Now deep, Tennessee's defensive backfield, and I noted it in the ending game chat, Danny Matuli made sure to kind of interrupt a reporter's question to go ahead and give credit uh, to the defensive back that, you know, they had a lot to do with Tennessee getting some of those sacks today. There was some sticky coverage back there, whether it was Nigel Warrior at safety, Schamberger in the, at star. I thought Alante probably played his best game in relief coming in. Um, but, again, circling back, Tennessee's ability to stop the guy who led the SEC or second in the SEC in rushing, it just completely changed what uh, – Mississippi State was trying to do, and and it, it allowed Tennessee to start to shorten the game. It allowed you know Mississippi State to, to kind of abandon, I think, whatever plan they had going in, and and that ended up being the difference in a game that you know finished twenty to ten. I I don't want to take anything away from Tennessee's win. We're going to talk a lot about Tennessee's win, but it, it was a really bizarre game from Mississippi State standpoint because they start Tommy Stevens. And clearly Schrader's been their more productive guy, even though he hadn't thrown it a whole lot, his ability to run the football. And then second or third, second possession, possession two or three, I think, that the the next couple they had in the first quarter, Hill's not even in the game. Like, they didn't even try to get him into a rhythm in the game. Was was really bizarre. And, again, I don't want to take anything away from Tennessee, but I thought State's plan was kind of a head-scratcher in terms of, attacking Tennessee where Tennessee was most vulnerable. As a result of that, Jesse, I thought it got Tennessee really going and, and, and gaining confidence with, with each passing with each passing drive. I, I thought Tennessee had a ton of energy to start, which is great, but a lot of times you lose that. But you could see them building confidence moving forward. Emerson, Middleton, you know, these guys that were getting pressure in there and, and, and winning in the line of scrimmage. Kind of a bizarre plan by State that played into Tennessee's favor that Tennessee took full advantage of. Oh, it made no sense to me that, that Schrader didn't start. And you kind of saw the life and juice he gave, he gave to the Bulldogs' offense. I mean, the, the difference in the game ultimately was that Mississippi State cut this to a one-score game. Tennessee fans are kind of saying, oh, here we go again. Uh, you're counting the points that you left on the board, right, AP, in the first half with yep. Maurer's two interceptions. And then, and then you get the kickoff. I'm kick only giving off. him the one, though, Jesse, because, I mean, obviously if you have a concussion, probably shouldn't have been in that next play. Probably wasn't of sound mind. I'm only giving him the one. I, look, I mean, do you He's not still agree? threw the ball. I understand. He so get, who, you, who gets he, the he, other he one? Get, he gets the pick, okay, in statistics. But as far as, like, of sound mind, did he throw that pick? I, I, I Can you say that for sure? Because I can't. I mean, no, I, mean, I, mean, I, I also can. can't say for sure that he was blurry-eyed and didn't and didn't know where he was throwing the ball. No, you're either. right. You're right. We don't know. I mean, the point is, is there were two bad decisions that, caught, that right. took Tennessee took points away from Tennessee. Cost at least six points, and then Tennessee, then Mississippi State. 
kicks it deep. You've been asking them to return it. They finally return it. <laughs> that was on And you, they get a holding <laughs> penalty. They get a holding penalty that puts them back to the 10-yard line. And what do they do? They respond by, for the first time all day, having some actual success pushing the pile forward. And then, you know, Garantano makes a pretty simple but easy throw. Bird breaks a tackle and, and, and houses it. And that's the game. I mean, that drive, I think, is, is, the, is the type of drive that Pruitt has kind of been looking for uh, from this team for 18 months. Well, and now, they finally put it Well, together. it was a heck of a check down by J.G. over to, you know, to Tim Jordan, you know, and, and, and didn't and, and threw that one and didn't bullet it over there to him like he's done so many times in the past. A good solid pass. Jordan did enough to get the first down. And then credit, you know, Gerard Means, you know, for doing just enough. It wasn't a, an exceptional block, but he, he got in the way, right. and that sprung Tyler Burke. Well, it was a perfect block because he didn't try to knock the guy down. He didn't do anything dumb. He just shielded him like yeah, a basketball screen for what he did to do. I thought the check down to Tim Jordan was the better play by, by, Garrett, by Jared Garantano because that was not the primary where he was trying to go pressure was coming. He kind of held it to the last second there before he dropped it off to, to Tim Jordan. Uh, I, I thought that was as good of a feel for the game as Jared's had in a while. I thought that was a really good throw in, a, in the most critical of times for Tennessee. Going back over my notes here, you talked about just kind of how they started. Tennessee had two tackles for loss against Georgia. Mm-hmm. They had three tackles for loss in five plays to start this game. And, and, I, but and it just set the tone. Right. The defense just started. You could tell flying the defense around. flying around, gaining confidence, and it was different guys making play. You know, Daryl Taylor. You look at the stat sheet, and he—I mean—he stuffed it. He had five tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss. I bet when I go back and rewatch the play, he probably sealed the edge that allowed some guys to make a backside tackle for a loss or a backside play at the line of scrimmage as many times as he came up with those five tackles. I mean, he had a really strong performance, and it was just kind of down the line defensively. Well, I thought Greg Emerson flashed a couple times, made a really good play in a tackle for loss that he had. They just got a lot of help from a lot of people, and, and quietly, you know, Darrell Middleton, the last two games, has has shown has shown up. Has he dominated? Absolutely not. But he's showing you enough to get more and more snaps because he's holding he's holding gaps and holding a lot of scrimmage. Well, what you've got to hope is, is Darrell. You know, the buy-in. You know, I, the buy-in seems to be there. It's just that he continues to improve. I mean, you know, he, you know, he's never really had a you know a true defensive line coach guy that you know could coach him day in day out and to see the improvement because he's bounced around at the, at the high school level, bounced around even in the JUCO level. So, you know, it's going to take some time. And uh, even though he's a JUCO guy, you know, to think that he was going to roll in here and just be an instant impact guy, I thought was all, always thought that was far-fetched. But you're right. I mean, he, he he's made some plays the last couple of weeks that I think at least shows flashes because he's as pretty a kid as they got coming off the bus. Well, and I don't know how much it will help Tennessee win games down the stretch or won't win games. That obviously remains to be seen. But that's, I think it's the first time in his career, Jesse, that Nigel Warrior in back-to-back games has been solid. I thought he played well against George. I thought he was more physical. I thought today he was solid. Is that a great passing team? Obviously not. But I, I, for the second straight game, you saw him. He, he, he showed up. Well, Whereas the, impo- the first I mean, three or four games this season, you didn't even know he was on the field. Yeah, well, time. I was going to say the important thing is that, yeah, Mississippi State can't really throw it, but – Hell, half the time in Nigel Warrior's career, he wasn't even in the same zip code of some of these plays. And now he's breaking up passes. He's coming up with, you know, tough interceptions. Uh, r- really good showing. You know, I wrote in my 10 things that I thought that him particularly, now Tennessee actually didn't play quite as much one-high robber stuff as I thought they might. Uh, they did kind of sit back. 
Um, and again, I think that's some of some of the it, 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 Pruitt and Amsley want to limit the big plays. But but the plan worked, and the and the guys off the edge got off the edge, and, and the interior guys like you mentioned, uh, you know Emerson, but you know Bumpus was solid at times, and, and Matthew Butler kind of gave them quietly some some strong snaps. Now can they do it again next weekend against you know one of the most explosive uh, offenses in the country? We'll see. But you know it was certainly a a positive performance today. Well, unless I mean, I just ask it blank, just point blank. Out. How big of a win was this for this program today? It was massive because I mean, one and six. You know, the uh, way South Carolina just beat Georgia today defensively. I, you know, whether Holinsky's will play in two weeks or not, who knows? That remains to be seen. I would, you know, looking at him, I would doubt it, but. You know, they're still defensively, you know, the way they played today, good enough to definitely come in here and win in two weeks. So you, you've got to be able to win today. Otherwise, you're looking at one and six, and then who, and then it's Katie bar the door. So now all of a sudden, if you, you know, with the win today, if you can win in two weeks and then do what you're supposed to against UAB, you're at the same spot you were a year ago, four wins with three to go. You beat Kentucky last year and got to five with two to go and then laid an egg in the last two. It gives you a puncher shot. Well, and, and South Carolina's win today probably we'll see on Monday, but I would assume probably because that's late next weekend and looking that or two weeks doesn't look that great. If Tennessee even wins today against Mississippi State, but Georgia beats South Carolina, this is probably, it's probably a noon game here. I bet it's a night game here in two weeks, which which would help the balls. Obviously, it's another recruiting weekend that yep. they'll try to capitalize on. Um, I mean, it was big. This, this is a game that Pruitt here. had to win. Mississippi State is not that good. They did come in, you know, quote-unquote better uh, than the Vols. But there was a reason why this was kind of a crossroads toss-up game uh, for Jeremy Pruitt because of the potential repercussions of if you didn't win. And they found a way to win. Yeah. And, that, and that drive at the end was kind of his statement that this is the sort of brand of football we're going to play. He said it after the game. We haven't really talked much about Jarrett. But, you know, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Right. But when he did make the plays – he made the plays, and the rest of it was getting physical and, you know, trying to be physical. They just clearly tried to shorten the game with as many runs as they called, and they leaned on a defense that through this, what are we at, six games or whatever, has had some real issues, and yet today it won them a football game. Well, it's funny. I was sitting there thinking about you today, Austin, uh, while we were sitting there working the game. That's sweet, Brent. I know, and you, because you said in the, in the Friday podcast – don't, maybe it's Friday or Tuesday, one of the, one of the two podcasts. But it's hard to put a lot of stock in practice stuff. It's just hard to get a gauge in that stuff. And look out there, and I don't know what the stat numbers are going to be, but Jerome Carvin played more guard than any, more right guard today than anybody else on the team. Jerome Carvin's a guy that has nowhere to be found. Jesse, you know, talking about this in the pregame. Scout team guy. I mean, like was was just nowhere to be found a week ago, well, and this week you didn't expect him to play well, either. It's, it's funny. AP and I had several conversations during the game about funny stuff about what you see in pregame practice, whatever. Jerome Carvin's running with the third team or fourth team in pregame warmups. Jared Garantano was running as the third team quarterback and getting. I mean, like I mean, like literally and like two barely was yeah, he barely wasn't even center. taking snaps. And I joke with AP. The only reason they put him in the dang game was because they, they're not sure Shroud can take snaps under center. Now maybe or maybe that's not true, but who knows? And yet AP astutely pointed out the huge pass play that they had to Don Wood Anderson that kind of got the offense going was something we did see in practice, and was something they did they rep for two days hard the little tight end wiggle. Yeah. 
and they hit that for a huge play. So it's just it's you know your eyes can lie to you at times, and and some of the stuff you see is actually telling you the truth. It's a funny deal. Putting putting stock and stuff. I I don't want to discount the fact Tennessee won a football game today because I mean, and they did they hold to it. But they held it, and whether Mississippi State's very good or not, it doesn't matter. No, they held a Mississippi State team to ten points, Brent. Mm-hmm. This defense has gotten gashed for four years, going back to the two with Bob, and even the last two years with Jeremy. You know, they've they've given up massive play after massive play, and it didn't matter if it was you know against top end talent or or Georgia State. You know, I mean, this is a defense that's given up too many game breaking, game changing type plays the last couple of years, and they didn't today. And the last two, and really, I mean. I know they gave up 40-something points last week, but I honestly think that the defense last week actually didn't play that bad. Georgia just has more bullets in the gun, a lot more bullets. you know. But, I mean, Tennessee was able to bend but don't break. They didn't give up those 80-yard plays a week ago. You know, They did give up some 40-yarders. But going into today, you didn't see much of that. And, again, I don't – I mean, I'm not saying State's a juggernaut, but bad teams have been able to move the ball in Tennessee. The reason, the reason why – I will say this. The reason why – that that drive I mean obviously it, it made it a two possession game but the reason why it was so important as well as the defense played I do think State started to sort of figure some stuff out mm-hmm. there in the fourth quarter Tennessee was not containing as well and the fact that Toa Toa was not on the field anymore we saw it on the touchdown pass I mean I'll have it in my film review probably tomorrow on that drive in particular there's a reason why Crouch right now if he's going to play inside linebacker, can only play on early downs because he has no idea what to do on a passing play. And they picked on him twice. They're almost better uh, off to bring Jalen McCullough down in the box. Or uh, yeah, and, 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 yeah and, and, and we'll see. I mean, what they, you know, my guess, since Toto is only going to miss one half, my guess is they're not going to drastically change plans. But clearly they don't have any faith in J.J. Peterson right now. Uh, and I do think, again, that's why that touchdown was so important. If State got the ball back, mm-hmm. That, that might have been a dicey, a dicey deal for a Tennessee defense that up to that point had played a really strong game. Well, and, th- and that drive that you're talking about, nine plays, 91 yards, everybody's going to talk about the two plays that Jared made throwing the football on third down, which was pivotal. But for this team, going back to what you're saying, for this offense and this offensive line, who's not been very good for a while, to put the ball down at the nine-yard line and run it six consecutive times into Mississippi State territory – when Chandler having that 15-yard run when he was dragging people forward, that was one of his better runs of his career. But it has to be a huge – look, they're not, they haven't arrived. But when you're looking for moments that are building moments that, that you can look back on and say, you know, some guys started to come to age a little bit here and there, that's going to be one of those drives. To go six straight plays and to be able to do that, milking the clock and running it on the – Tennessee hadn't done that. I don't know when the last time Tennessee somebody, – somebody will say back in the Philip Fulmer days, Austin, but it's been a while since Tennessee's been able to line up and impose their will for that many consecutive snaps in the run game. Against a, a team that had their full allotment on, on defense. And had all the momentum in the football game right there because they had just scored to close it to three. Tennessee makes a mistake on the kickoff with the penalty and, and obviously the poor return starting at their nine-yard line. I mean, State had everything going in their favor. And for Tennessee to silence that by running the football is shows shows the growth that the offensive line is making. They haven't gotten there yet, but it does show the growth they're making with Darnell Wright, with Wanye Morris, Trey Smith rounding into form, Kennedy getting better, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, well, I was actually kind of surprised the way they, you know, and, and it'll be interesting to kind of see the snap count when we rewatch the game. You know, Wright got rotated out a bunch. They, they, Calvert played a lot. 
Uh, obviously, Carvin ended up, you know, um, he got Ryan Johnson got pulled. Uh, so just kind of some of those combinations. Tennessee even did a two two snaps of an unbalanced line with Wanye lined up <coughs> technically as a tight end next to it. Now the play didn't work, but, but they, they ran a couple of those. So I, I think it. it, it some of those guys, more than others, I think are progressing, but at least on that drive, you kind of saw and come to fruition what Will Friend and Jim Chaney want, which is to kind of, this is how you, this is how you end the game. And you run it, and they know you're running it, and they can't stop you. Yep, and that's finally what Tennessee was able to do against an SEC opponent, which may be the biggest storyline coming out of this game today. That's going to do it for uh, this quick uh, takes reaction podcast for Jesse Simonton and Austin Price. I'm Brent Hubs. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy your Saturday, everybody.